listening to the Sydney Property Secrets Podcast, where we bring you the latest news, opinions, and insights on Sydney property and secrets to success in real estate affairs. Introducing your host, Mike T of Mike T Real Estates. Learn the secrets of some of real estate's top agents. It's property made easy with Sydney Property Secrets Podcast. G'day guys, this is Mike T here. Welcome to the show. Today's uh, special guest is Mr. George Nicolau. He's the uh, business owner of uh, Mr. Cappuccino in Canberra, uh, Barber's Inc. and Corporate Catering. G'day George, how are you? Hey Mike T, very well thanks. Thanks for having me today. Uh, thanks Thanks for coming on the show George. Uh, I wanted to ask, start off asking you, uh, what is it that you're doing now in your business and how are you helping people? Okay, uh, basically, like you said, there's uh, Barber's Inc., Mr. Cappuccino, and Corporate Catering. So um, in terms of helping, we employ over 100 staff in wow. all locally in the ACT. Um, so I'd like to think that's helping the community in some sense, and obviously the service we provide is another way of helping too. So... As you know, it's an on-flow effect. Helps local uh, suppliers and sure. and the like. So yeah, I like to think we're making a comp- contribution to the community in Canberra. Well, that's fantastic, George. Um, now, my um, next question is: Can you tell my listeners a bit about your story, your upbringing? You know, school, who you hang around with, um, some good experiences, um, negative, positive ones. The, the reason behind all this is just so um, my listeners can see that the past doesn't necessarily define you and also a bit about your business, how you got to uh, establish your business as well too. Sure, sure. Okay, well, um, I was born in the ACT uh, 44 years ago. Must be a radio support, I bet. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think I've got green in my blood, actually. Everyone that knows me knows I'm pretty passionate about the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, yes, I was born in the ACT 44 years ago. I know I'm starting to get some grey hairs and show my age. Still yeah, looking still, good, bro. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm still a kid at heart. Yes, yeah, so we, we lived in Canberra till I was one year old and then we moved to a beautiful little country town called Mittagon in between um, Canberra and okay. Sydney back in 1973. Um, my parents were, you know, new to Australia. So basically, you know, like all new Australians, they were willing to work very hard, put in the hours, which is yep. a good ethos, which is something that I've carried on to as well and um, probably helped me get to where I am today. My parents taught me from a young age, if you put the work in and you work hard, you know, you can be rewarded for that. So I grew up in business myself. My father had a, a green grocer in Mittagon there and we lived there for nine years. Wow. Then we uh, went and lived overseas for a year. It was like a break, but my sister and I got to live in Greece and Cyprus, our parents' origin. Uh, so I've been there quite a few times and then we moved back to nice. Canberra and then I started to realise that my father was, you know, had itchy feet, 
and wanted to travel. He actually went there for a holiday to the Gold Coast once and just fell in love with the place and came home one day with my mum and said to my sister and I, guys, we're moving to the Gold Coast. Wow. You know, at the time, my sister and I were settled in high school and very happy with the, the friends and relatives that we had in Canberra. So even though the Gold Coast sounded glamorous, and it is glamorous, to my sister and I, it was pretty heartbreaking. We didn't want to leave those roots behind. So, look, in hindsight, I've got to say it was probably the best decision my mum and dad ever made and also the best decision to leave, and I'll get back to that in a sec. But, um, yeah, so we moved up to the Gold Coast when I was 12 and, it was a pretty hard time because, of, like I said, we left behind our relatives and our friends and we basically had no one. So it was it was a good lesson to my sister and I to sort of create these new friendships and um, when we moved from place to place. So we were kind of used to it by now. But I was very lucky on my very, very first day of school I'm not too sure if everyone's experienced this before, but when you're a new student at the start of the year, they usually put you out at the front and you stand there isolated. You're the new kid on the block. But when I was living on the Gold Coast in 19, I think it was 1985, there wasn't very many ethnics back on the Gold Coast back in those days. And okay. Look, it was very tough. I knew standing out in front of that assembly that geez I thought I'm gonna cop it here and and I certainly did but I was very very lucky that on the very very first day I spotted another ethnic looking boy <laughs> there was only two of us yeah. and I couldn't wait for the assembly to finish because I needed I needed to talk to this guy uh, there was something drawing us together um, and I did I, I, I walked over to this other ethnic-looking young man. And little did I know back then, when we were both 12 years old, it was actually Peter's first day on the Gold Coast too. His parents had moved over from England with his brothers and Peter, sisters. Peter and, who? Sorry, George, Peter who? Peter Andre. Peter Andre, the, the singer, the musician. Correct. Wow. <laughs> and when I say... It was the best move. It was. It, it's, look, it's not only Peter. We've travelled the world together. We, we, we've remained as close as we were on that very first day till we are today. In fact, I spoke to him last night. I've been best man at his wedding. He was best man at mine. Wow. Um, we've both been through our highs and lows together. He's been yep. such a great soundboard for me and hopefully I've been the same to him. Um, we've experienced so much together, travelled the world, you know, we've both been up, we've both been down, we've, we've helped each other out so much. I, I love him and his family. In fact, they're my second family. Look, I could sit here all day and talk about Peter, but yeah. coming back to um, the Gold Coast, yeah, so that was my first day at school and I was so lucky and blessed to have met Pete on the first day and made my transition to the oh, Gold excellent. Coast. Yeah. And look, Peter and I copped a lot of abuse and racial taunts back then and that I guess that drew us even closer. And um, so we, we, we moved away from the Gold Coast when I was 17. I, um, and I think that was a blessing too because I sort of started going out a bit too much back then and I was just focused on 
playing soccer and going out really and I remember when I finished high school my dad said to me what was what was your score son what was your score and I said score what what are you what are you talking about yeah you get a a, a score at the at the end of year 12 yeah I said oh, I didn't get any score I didn't pick the correct subjects for school I did metal work woodwork yeah. PE you know all the easy subjects and it, and it was daunting. I thought to myself, wow, I do not have a score. Wow. My father said to me, well, what are you going to do in life, George? You can only go out so much. You can only go so far with your football because let's, let's base it, you're average. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So my father said, right, we're going back to Canberra. Um, I want you to go study and he could see that the Gold Coast back in the late 80s was not a place for a 17-year-old boy and a sister. She was one year, she's one year older than me. And I look, I thought, and I look back now, and that was devastating to leave the Gold Coast in your prime mm. and back to Canberra. But look, you know, I'm a, I'm a true believer. I know it's a cliche that um, everything happens for a reason. Well, it yeah, does. that's 100%. It does. So, look, we moved back to Canberra and, and there was a few things I sort of thought that I may do. I got into a little bit of building and it just, it just wasn't for me. So, you know, I do like business. I've grown up in business. I've grown up in that environment. And, look, let's face it, I, I, didn't, have, I didn't have the drive to go to study. Yep. Uh, so when did so, you when did you start your business, George? Well, look, how I, did you I had start a business. Sorry, Mike. How did you start your business? When? Okay. Well, basically, before I started, Mr. Cappuccino, I was I was when I got my first job in Canberra at a, at a place back then that was thriving. It was called New Zealand Natural Ice Cream. Oh so yeah. In Canberra Centre, and I was just just working there, making um, the waffle cones and. I worked there for quite a few years and became very good friends with the owners. And um, unfortunately, you know, I, I, I put a lot of trust into these people. Obviously, I'm not going to name names, but I looked at the couple that owned the business as, as the father and mother figures. I, I probably trusted them too much. I ended up going into business with them. So by the age of 20... I became the youngest franchise owner in Australia with New Zealand Natural. Wow. And, and, you know, while all my friends were out every weekend or all my friends were studying at uni, I was stuck in this shop for seven days and wasn't making any money, wasn't making any wages. Your business. Coming to that. Yeah. So what happened was I, was I was stuck in this ice cream shop. And, I mean, look, let's face it, Canberra is known as a very, very cold place. Business was going well, but there were other things happening in the background that were totally out of my control. So year in, year out, I would watch this cafe across the road from our shop, just busy all year round. So 20 years ago, 25 years ago, no one, no one was really into cappuccinos and lattes. Yeah, that's true. But this cafe it was called Sweet Affair, who's uh, who is 
was owned by a very good friend of mine, um, Theo Bullos. He, um, he was busy all year round and I thought to myself, if I ever do something again, it's going to have to involve coffee. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how and what actually I was going to get involved with, but I, I looked at coffee and I thought, you know what? This coffee business, it's busy all year round. So, yep, That's I had that idea. I was lucky, I was lucky enough to meet a, a young man by the name of Daniel Moshinger. I've got to give him absolute credit for he, he's the one that actually started Mr. Cappuccino. I started doing some work. I was so desperate, so broke, so down and out. I started working at a company called Bartercard. Great concept too, by the way, but I, I knew I had no future in it. But I met Daniel and coming back to what I said before, a lot of things happen for a reason. And I'm very good friends with Daniel to this day and uh, we speak quite regularly and he's very proud of our achievements as a company. Wow. So he started, he's the type of person that is very creative and he used barter card and he built this coffee cart. And he was showing me, one day he was showing me, he said, George, look, you know, I've got this coffee cart, I've, I've branded it, I've got a, I've called it Mr. Cappuccino and I want to do this and that. He had all these grand plans but, at the end of the day, he was not really interested in progressing with it. He was a more creative type of man. Okay. Um, I looked at this coffee cart and I thought to myself, this is my break. Coffee, which is what I wanted to do. But what I loved the most about it was that this was a coffee cart. I wasn't going to be tied down to Westfields yep. or be governed by a franchise could open and close when I want to and I had a I had a, this feeling that the coffee industry was going to explode so when you're down and out and you're desperate and you have the drive you know you start you really start to motivate yourself and go right I, I see potential in this which is what I saw so the story behind how I started is amazing because I didn't even have money to pay to pay for this car. Yeah, no, that's good. Good. So basically, you know, I'm indebted to Daniel forever. But what I've done is continued that culture and into my business. You know, I've I've liked to think I've helped people along the way as well. Um, but the fact that he put so much faith in me and so much trust. And just let me run with it. Then he yep. says to me, "Hey George, I don't think I could have gotten it to where it is today without today." But I'll get back to the part. Well, that's great. And how many how many stores have you got, uh, George? So basically, to put it in a nutshell, we we I did events for about seventeen years. I was chasing events around Australia, everywhere. I mean, I had this crappy old van with holes in it the fumes used to come in i used to put it on me and just go i was in debt i was i needed i needed to survive so we did we did events for 17 years i had my mum and dad helping me massive massive strength and and um i'm just blessed to have them they've helped me so much in fact you know, every time I've been down and out, just hearing my mum's voice say to me, don't worry, son, everything's going to be all right. You know, that that helped me so much. So, look, Dan's dream when he started Mr. Cappuccino was all about 
getting a, pot, uh, a permanent site. He'd seen one in Sydney and that's what his dream was to get a permanent site in a building and have that freedom of not having leases and big massive outlays and you know, I, I, I can sympathise with that because I was stuck in that position in Westfield. So I didn't get onto that road. I, I had to go do events for a long time because I, I just couldn't find a permanent site. I was too busy. I grew the business to the stage today. I mean, I give them all the credit for where we're at. Basically, yeah, we've got 13 sites today. 13 sites, no longer in events. And Barber's Inc. as well. You got one. Barber's Inc. You launched that this year? Yes, yep. yes. We're very excited about that. That was um, a concept that my partners and I had put together. We we all agreed that there was a niche there. There was no, we, we had seen some barber cafe style um, shops interstate, but none in Canberra. And yeah, we came across the name Barber's Inc. And we knew what we could do with our side, which was the cafe side. And we, we all were getting our hair cut at a young man by the name of Daniel Ram. I basically told him about our business and the culture that we had there, promoting people within and all that sort of stuff. He'd seen our track record. So, yeah, we started Barber's Inc. this year and, yeah, very proud of it. Excellent. Uh, that's good, did George. I you we had 13 shops? I did. Sorry? Yeah, yeah 13 yeah, shops did. plus Barber's oh, Inc. Corporate catering. Now, I've gotten to know you become a, a very good friend of mine, George, and I found Absolutely. you to be uh, a positive, inspirational human being, and you're also an entrepreneur. You're doing really well. Uh, but I want to ask you some of, uh, some fun questions like, what's your favourite meal and do you drink coffee, cappuccino? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question there. Um, my favourite meal, I mean, look, I love food. I'm Greek. Um, but look, at the moment, it's not so lucky, by the way. But my favourite meal at the moment is uh, it's prawns and stir fry. It's uh, made by a very special friend of mine, but just is a great, fantastic chef. So yeah, so prawns, stir fry, rice—pretty simple when it comes to food. I'm just happy to be eating these days. There's, we do know there's children overseas that don't even have food to eat, so I'm very mindful of that. So yeah. any food, good food as far as I'm concerned. Cool. Now, um, you said earlier, Peter Andres, you're a very good friend of yours. You grew up with him. You were his best man at his wedding. So yeah. what style of music do you listen to? Oh, look, I, I love all I'm very biased. When it comes to Pete, I love all his music and I get a real big buzz when I go to different places in the world or even different venues here in Australia and I hear one of his songs come on. It, it just reminds me of, um, you know, he's got a great story as well. Obviously, he's, he's well known around the world and, and actually Pete's got a few cafes as well. He, he actually loves coffee. Does he? I don't. I don't drink coffee. Um, it's it's something that I've stayed away from. I, I I've always been under the impression you shouldn't try your own supply. But um, no, coffee and I don't agree with each other. But look, you know people love it, and um, that's all that matters really. Yeah, well, that's that's right. Uh, maybe I should uh, interview Peter Andre as well too. 
Yeah, yeah. He, he, don't ask him about coffee because he'll sit here all day and tell you how much he loves it and he knows all about it. I mean, he puts me to shame, really. Yep, yep. Now, um, now you've been involved in real estate. Look, I've, I've done, um, sold uh, three, four properties for you mm. um, in real estate. So uh, I wanted to ask you, since you've been involved in real estate, how do you see the market currently now? Well, look, uh, yeah, I was a late bloomer in, in real estate. Unfortunately, you know, in business, you have your ups and downs. And, you know, I wasn't really focused on the property side of things. So I started in real estate in my re- mid-30s, and it's such a big regret. But, look, you know, if you can't look look behind us, we've got to look forward. Um, yeah, we have been lucky to have done quite a few transactions together. And, you know, you've in my mind, you know, you're the best real estate agent in Australia. So you you and I developed our friendship firstly on a business level, which in turn turned into a very close friendship. I mean, yep. we, we even call each other brothers and, you know, special to me. Um, so, look, real estate right now, I think, look, I've been to quite a few seminars and obviously we've read a lot of books and I think it's true what they say about the Australian market, how... It, each state works in a different sort of way. Um, different states in Australia have booms and downtimes. <laughs> that was my mindset. But, you know, looking at the prices of homes these days, I mean, I look at some of the suburbs in Canberra and and some of the prices are just unbelievable. And even in Wollongong, I've been here for the last 10 years and, you know, I sort of, identified a lot of areas that I thought I love sea views so it didn't really concern me about yep. the area I just love sea views but look Wollongong's got exceptional value we want to talk about Wollongong in particular but I think last couple of years in Wollongong the the market has gone absolutely through the roof yeah that's still in comparison to say Sydney Melbourne I mean the value of homes here unbelievable if i was an investor i mean i know myself because i'm here but i tell a lot of people that are in business or friends and family i go go to wollongong you're going to get value for money i've got i've got a, a brother down there that's the best agent <laughs> and um you know you, you're going to get a great purchase I, like i say all the time i think wollongong is totally undervalued it's true Wollongong, they might say, oh, yeah, that's expensive. But if you look at things like you're close to Sydney, you can see the sea, like, and you can buy a, a house there for absolute great value. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Uh, George, I'm going to ask you a question, take you back a bit. If you could go time travel 20 years back, what would you tell your old self? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, look... Hindsight's such a beautiful thing, Mikey. You know, like, obviously there's a lot of things I wouldn't have done, but um, our past is what defines us, what makes us today. Um, I don't like to look back, but look, you know, if if you're asking me the question, so I'll answer it. Um, I would have got into real estate, definitely. 100%, you know, I wish... And this is not taking anything away from my parents because they have done well in real estate. 
And at the end of the day, like my parents say, look, son, we, we did our best, our absolute best for you and your sister. And I can't deny them that. I would have, I, I would have liked to have had a mentor in the sense of someone that could push me in that direction and say, yeah. right, get real estate. That's, that's yeah. a massive, massive regret of mine. Um, and there's a few things on a personal level that, you know, I probably would have done different as well. But look, yeah. I'm here today. I'm well, that's it. You just got to look forward I'm now. Healthy. I've got two beautiful children. I've got great uh, family, friends. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm happy. No, excellent. Um, well, it's, I agree with you 100%. I wish someone told me back then to get into property years ago because they were a lot less and they've just gone um, over – you know, through the roof at the moment. Um, so very, very true. Now, I wanted to ask you another question, and I know you said something there about your, your, your children, but what matters the most to you? What's the most important thing to you in your life right now? Oh, I look, know the answer to this. Yeah, you know. Look, it, of course, you know, I'm no different to, other, to any other father, you know. My... my what I want is my kids to be healthy, number one, you yeah. know, and um, I want them to be healthy and happy and there's a lot of things that scare me about society these days and uh, yeah. all I can do as a father is protect them from that, educate them, put, you know, just be there for them and just pass on my experiences, you know, yeah. to help them along the way. And surround them with heaps of love. You know, that's it. I, that's that's my main priority in life. Just you know, I want my kids to grow up one day and say, you know, Dad was a good man. Yep. You know, Dad taught me this. Dad taught me that. I want to leave a legacy for them. I want them. I want them to go. You know, I learned. I am where I am today because of Dad yep. or Mum. You know, yep. but yeah. So. Well, you are a good man, George. I uh, 100% believe that, and I've come to know you now. How long have I known you for now? About four years or so? Four oh, years? Yeah, maybe four or five years. Yep. It's been a pleasure, you know, just seeing seeing you start from the ground up as well. You know, hopefully that I've been a no, good you have. Yep. Yep. in you, your you, life you, as well. You even told me to go for it as well too because you, you knew I went through a bit of tough patch as well too. Yeah, no, that, that was that was really good. Now I want to ask you as well: What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Oh, look, I've had advice from a lot of people. Depends what what really stands out, you know. Like, oh, like if you think about what I said before, I've been very trusting. I, I trust, you know. It's probably a bad trait of mine, but I trust everybody, and you know, I have been burnt along the way like everybody else. But mm. look, my father always said to me that no one remembers yesterday and anyone that knows me knows that I say that all the time. You know, no one remembers what you did for them yesterday. True. And how true it is. You know, I could be driving the worst car today, no one remembers tomorrow because I might have a Lamborghini. Or if I had a Lamborghini yesterday and I'm driving a bomb today, no one remembers. And so, yeah, that no one remembers yesterday. And, and, and one of the, some really good advice my dad said to me was 
Be careful, son, of the friends that always make you laugh. The ones that make you cry that are your real friends. Right. And I could never understand that, but I know exactly what he means by it now. I mean, when you're, on, when you're riding the wave and you've got your money, you've got heaps of money and you're kind and, and you're shouting everyone and you're, you're the life of the party, everyone wants to know you. Yeah. But believe me, I've been down a few times and, and you, see, you see a lot of people just scatter like flies, you know. Well, that's true. And um, and I've had friends that when I've when I've been out of line have, have put me back into line, hurt me. I may have cried. Again, that comes back to what my father said: be careful of the friends that make you laugh all the time. So when mm. someone comes to me and tells me some home truths that might help me, I'm a pretty emotional person, as you know. But they're doing that because they love you care for you that's right that that is that, that's really good advice that's cool and what what's um one what what habit one habit that you have one of your personal habits that you believe contributed to a lot of your success especially knowing from your story that you you know had a lot of challenges along there but what is it that kept you going i'll, I'll say that and i don't even have to think about it mikey um, relationships, 100% relationships. I had no money back in the day. Um, my coffee carts weren't that good. People rolling out coffee carts that were worth twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 mine were worth nothing. But it wasn't the coffee and it wasn't the coffee carts that made the business. It was my relationship, yes. number one with the people that were trusting me at their events, my caterers, um, the public, you know, I, I, they still follow us today, people that I was serving to at events 24 years ago uh, come to our shops. So number one, number one, and I can't emphasise this enough, it's the relationships. It's the relationships help you cool. get to where you are when you succeed. Number one, without a doubt. Very true. George, I really appreciate um, appreciate the chat with you. Thank you for, for all that. Um, now, Thank can, you you tell, can you tell my listeners how they can reach you, your, your business, your web address? You've got a web address, contact numbers? Yeah, definitely. Um, Google. I, I can, sorry? You could probably just Google Mr. Cappuccino. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just Google us, Mr. Cappuccino. You'll probably come up with corporate catering as well, where we, you know, we're servicing the whole of Canberra. We do office catering. Um, also, Barbers Inc., where that's at, uh, the Prime Minister's Cabinet on one national circuit in Barton. Yep. So if you're ever in Canberra and you want a, something beautiful to eat and have a funky haircut, you know, come into Barber's Inc. And Mr. Cappuccino, look, we've got 13 stores, but look, unfortunately, eight of those are in defence, so you won't be able to pass the barricades, but we've got <laughs> quite a few here and there. So, yeah, just Google Mr. Cappuccino. We've got a few social media sites there as well. And, look, 
I'm an open book. Anyone's free to call me. They can get in contact with yourself if they're interested in having a chat or or anything like that. I'm happy for anyone to give you Mike T, who I trust so much. Yeah. With my number and yeah, look, I'd love to hear from anyone or exchange stories and fantastic. So like you, you, I've got to add add to this, George. You look like you've got a funky haircut there too. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it is my day off, Mike T. But you know, in business, it's never, it's never a, a time off or a day off. It's uh, twenty four seven. So you know, I do like to look the part. But I, I must admit, I, I actually slicked it back today just for you, Mike T. So, <laughs> Good yeah. on you. Uh, yeah. Excellent, George. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thank George. So much. Appreciate it. And I'll yeah. catch you uh, soon. Yeah, thank you, mate. Thank you very much, and good luck to everybody, yeah? Yep. Cheers, George. Go the Raiders. <laughs> Go the Raiders. <laughs> that was the Sydney Property Secrets Podcast, your source for real estate and success secrets. Tune in next time to hear more great interviews. Don't forget to leave a comment, rate this show, and most importantly, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Till next time.